Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you live from the Southern California studios with Darren here. I am uh, coming to you week 14. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 646-668-8837. And I'm joined by the second half of the show, Daryl, who's coming to you live from the remote at Hooters. Daryl, how are you doing tonight? We're ready to go. Let's let's rock and roll. It is, uh, what is it, uh, week 13, I guess. 14, no, 13, week 13. It is week 14. Yeah. It is week 14. Four- oh, well, see, I'm already. And I think we lost Daryl there. The remote is having some issues. We'll see if we can't get a weekend in. Yeah, yeah, it's a divisional rivalry in uh, the AFC West. Some good games this weekend. I wish we could say it was all good news across the AFC West. There's a lot to talk about and a lot going on. But, um, hey, welcome back to everybody. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. We had the holidays for Thanksgiving and a couple of other things going on. So we are back and ready to go. We'll hook you up as we make the playoff push for the AFC West. Darren, where should well, we know, begin? Last- I mean – Last week, we took the week off. Uh, we were uh, here in Southern California. I don't think anyone was really uh, talking much football with the recent attacks uh, uh, on the San Bernardino uh, Center. So we we had a week off there, as you mentioned, but uh, now things have started to settle down a little bit, and uh, football gives us a little chance to get away. So let's talk about some of the games that we had last week. Well, before we even before we even get into the games, I think we should just talk about maybe some of the things going on. It, you know, we're in San Diego, so I, we've always said straight up that uh, we appreciate San Diego Charger football, but we are not Charger fans necessarily. We are fans for the AFC West, so we do cheer for the Chargers to do well overall. Uh, I'll be at a Nobody believes that our our uh, support is 100% in the Charger camp because <laughs> it's far from there. But speaking of the Chargers, I mean, this this last week, some pretty devastating news came out for uh, Charger fans. Can you just 
encapsulate that real quickly for us, Darren, and, and share what, uh, what the NFL and Roger Goodell had to say about the Chargers? Well, Roger Goodell doesn't believe that the city can get a, uh, a viable stadium proposal together in time. So he all but, uh, all but put the writing on the wall that uh, the U-Haul or Mayflower trucks are lined up here in, in San Diego. And uh, he did say that a vote would be taken in January uh, as to the state of L.A. So it's looking like it's a done deal that the uh, Chargers will be be headed out of this town and uh, headed up to uh, either Carson or uh, further up to the LA region. Well, I've got to just add my two cents to that. I mean, again, I'm being bluntly honest as a non charger fan from the heart. It still hurts me. I I think that it's a, it's a, a disgrace to San Diego that the NFL can't try and figure it out. The NFL should have sat down and tried to work out with San Diego a way to keep a team here because they want to be here. Of all the cities in the United States that are pretty much perfect year-round to play a game, a Super Bowl, a Pro Bowl, any number of games that are, you know, highlight games, San Diego is that place. And – you can have your dome stadiums. You can go play up in, in Indianapolis in a dome and have your Super Bowl party outside and try and get through the cold. Nothing is as good as – I mean, there's a reason why I'm in San Diego, and I'm just going to say it. it. It's so peaceful and easy living. And I get that the Chargers have tried to get a stadium. I'm going to take – 60 seconds here and explain why the Chargers are one of the crappiest organizations in the NFL. And this is not about my love for teams. It's about my angst about the Chargers and why I wish they were better. Coming up to the the new stadium for the San Diego Padres, the Petco Park, the owners of the Padres have made a lot of effort to reach out to the fans and, and incorporate them. And that's a long time ago. The stadium was built. It went through a lot of challenges and legal issues, which the Chargers have complained about potential problems coming up. And they made it through it. It wasn't easy. Nevertheless, you have the Padres putting up things like basketball in the Petco Park Stadium. And not just for the USC San Diego State game, but they allowed rec teams, they allowed high school teams, and they encouraged other people to come play and incorporated the the community. They had a golfing thing where you would hit balls out of the stands into basically a, a course on the field. And they have a lot more coming on. This is, a, this is a team, the Padres, that while they don't spend big money, they understand the fan base and they want to bring the fan base in. Dean Spanos, you have been a terrible owner for the, for the Chargers. You have not bonded with this community at all. You've given us so much grief 
and just a poor product and never once reached out to really bond. You can give money to parks. You can give money to different charities. That does not replace you being here and doing something. I'm off my soapbox. That's all I've got to say. I'm really disgruntled, even as a non-hardcore Charger fan. Well, let me just uh, pile on while the piling is, is going. You know, Dean Spanos, uh, being active in this community, uh, Dean Spanos, you don't see him out or about. He may write a check here or there, but he is not out and about in the community. He is not uh, not attending events and getting to know the fans. He's not out there on the day-to-day. He has never bought into this community. It's been a money grab from the get-go with this, uh, with, with this uh, ownership here. They did have a couple of good years under Bobby Bethard before they brought in the other loser that took over the front office. Uh, Bobby Bethard, he put together a winning prod- product, and that was before the uh, – that was in the earlier days of the Spanos regime, back when when uh, they put together a, product, a good product. The city was behind them 120%. Even today you have in several markets, uh, Denver included, Kansas City, when teams come in, you will get a lot of people who will sell their tickets to make some money to, to uh, defray the cost of these season tickets. So that's an ongoing thing. Sure, you do get a lot of uh, visiting fans into the Charger games, but during the years when the Chargers were putting together a solid product, the fans came. Even now, the fans support the team. There is a large contingent of Charger fans. You still see the Charger lightning bolt flags on the cars as they drive around. It's not something where the community is not supporting it. It is strictly a money grab, and it's sad to see uh, this ownership if anything, I think the NFL needs to look at, uh, at giving Dean Spanos a team in L.A., keeping the Chargers here and finding a new ownership group that would take over and actually mean something to the community. You know, and that's the sentimental uh, decision, and I agree with you on that. It's easy sentimentally to say that. I don't think it'll happen. I, I agree with you 100%, and I know we didn't expect to take this whole first maybe 10 minutes to, to lament this, but you're right. You you basically laid it out. Here's the problem. Dean Spanos has a checkbook and writes checks, whereas other people, and especially the Padres, uh, of late especially, have done a great job. They're not winning but they're still engaging the fans and doing something interesting for the community. And they're here, they're in the community. You know, I I don't feel that from the Chargers, and I feel the community has kind of just finally decided, you're giving us a 3-8 season, and uh, you're moving. Why are we going to go? I mean, that probably wipes out 30%, 50% of the fans and say, why are we going to go? So yeah, there's no reason for them to go. It's a it's a it's a disgrace. And the NFL, I get the NFL is about a product. They want to build their brand, and and LA will make that number bigger. The value of the teams, etc. But it's a disgrace that they are that they are allowing this San Diego team to put such a crappy product on the field, and then also not even doing anything to try and keep the team here or working something out. It's sad. Again, we talked about it jokingly earlier, but 
You know, I think after if if San Diego leaves, I think the Raiders, if they come down here, would find a, a fan base that would be rabid for them. This is not a town that is too small for the NFL. This is one of the biggest towns. The problem is there's a lot of things to do here. Unlike other towns, you can go to the beach. You can go to the mountains. You can go to the desert. You can go anywhere you want and have everything you want here in San Diego. This is not a tourist ad, so I'm going to leave it at that. The bottom line is put a winning product on the field. The Chargers, Dean Spanos, I'm going to give Alex a little bit of a pass, but specifically Dean Spanos, crappy owner and crappy management. And while you're at it, I will just uh, go ahead and say, Roger Goodell, shame on you. Let's talk about this San Diego uh, team that played the Denver Broncos uh, here in, in, in San Diego. It ended up being a, a Denver home game, according to most of the players, due to the strong support and the uh, lack of, uh, of uh, product the San Diego Chargers have put on the field this season. And after uh, stating that uh, they wouldn't have a good chance to come back, a lot of tickets were sold to Denver Bronco fans. The Broncos came in and dominated the San Diego Chargers, winning the game 17-3 to uh, up at one point uh, uh, in the first half, both 17-3, to no point scored in the second half. The defense just shut down Phillip Rivers, allowed him 202 yards as one interception. You know, uh, overall, a, a managed game by Brock Osweiler, never in doubt in the minds of any fans uh, for the Broncos, and not much to cheer about for the Chargers who allowed four sacks. Yeah, I think that uh, that game was it was out of the range of the Chargers from the get-go. The first series, Denver scored a touchdown. Okay, maybe you can come back and score it. They didn't, and then it kind of fell apart as you watch that Denver defense work on San Diego. A couple of things. I mean, some people are picking on Brock and saying it wasn't a great it wasn't a great game. You know, uh, maybe statistic, statistically it wasn't, but he threw an interception in the end zone that was inconsequential. He was forcing things and he didn't have to. Uh, you had a field goal that was missed from 52 yards by Brandon McManus that could have had, added three more points. Three more points is not a lot, but you you just say if you had three more and three more or three and seven, it would have been closer to 20, 20, uh, 27 to three or something. I mean, it could have been a lot more. I think Brock Osweiler did what he needed to do, and the Denver Broncos did what they needed to do to win that game. There was at no time, although you felt like it wasn't out of reach, at no time did you feel scared if you were a Denver Bronco fan because the Chargers just really didn't have the weapons to take advantage of that. And and vice versa, the, the Denver defense was phenomenal, and the running game was pretty solid. So uh, it was what we thought it would be. They were who we thought they would be. And, and that was 15 games in a row that Denver has won, I believe, in the division away from home. Am I wrong well, that? Is that? Uh, that that is correct, and uh, the only divisional loss recently coming to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs this year at home. At home. Now, uh, that is correct, at home, uh, in that uh, 
injury-filled game, well, an interception-filled game. But uh, well, let's, let's, talk let's about- jump to Kansas City. Yeah, let's talk about Kansas City and Oakland. You know, Oakland put on a good show and uh, had the lead going into half, the 20-14, to 14, and things were looking good. But uh, they really came out uh, in the – uh, in the actually, I guess in the third quarter, I'm sorry, it was 22-14. Then came out in the fourth quarter and laid a goose egg, allowing 20 points for the Chiefs. Interceptions galore for Derek Carr, who threw three on uh, only two touchdowns, 283 yards. Uh, Alex Smith, he managed the game with two touchdowns, no interceptions. Sharkandrick West uh, got slowed down a little bit with only 35 yards rushing, but. Uh, Boy, were they looking uh, solid overall in the receiving. Jeremy Macklin had his second big game, 95 yards receiving on 10 targets. And Kels came up big as well with uh, 42 yards on three targets. So all in all, just a, uh, a stellar play game by the Chiefs with some really costly turnovers by the, uh, by the Oakland Raiders offense in the second half. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can't throw those three picks, and and, uh, Oakland has been on a rise. We're going to talk a little bit more about them because they're coming up. This is, again, being the rivalry weekend for the AFC West. So we're going to talk about that in detail. But, gosh, Derek Carr has been playing really good, but he did not have a good game. And I don't know if that's going to be something that he carries with him or it was a one-time thing. But he forced balls and three picks in that second in that second half. It was devastating. It was done and over. Nobody wants to face the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I think there's a couple teams. Uh, I'll put three teams forward that really nobody wants to face. And I would say that would probably well there could be more, but at least three uh, people that that most people might not think of. Kansas City, nobody wants to face them. Pittsburgh, another interesting team that nobody wants to face. And Seattle, from where they were, we all expect them to be a great team. But, yeah, again, nobody wants to face them because it's just things are turning around for all three teams. So very interesting. And that was a tough, tough game for the Raiders, dropping them down to, uh, I believe, is that four and six? You know, I believe that the uh, Raiders would be five and seven if I uh, got my stats right. Yeah, five and seven right now. So uh, they they are five and seven. Flip that with the Chiefs, seven and five. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Are they the most dangerous seven and five team? We've got Pittsburgh at seven and five in the AFC West. Or I'm sorry, the AFC. We got the New York Jets at seven and five at the AFC, and Seattle, who uh, started out slow and has finally started to find their niche at seven and five. Is Kansas City the most dangerous 7-5 team right now? Uh, well, you know the, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't 7-5, so I will say that Kansas City might be the most dangerous at that at that level. The, you know, they we'll see what this weekend has. We're going to make some picks and stuff. I, I don't want to spoil everything there, but, yeah, they're playing well, and it's turned around. I don't think anybody in Kansas – could have uh, expected this turnaround, and from the start to where it is now, it's a great product on the field. And you even lost your all-star running back, um, Charles, and still are playing on. So, 
Yeah, I think that they probably are the best uh, five uh, or seven and five team. I have to disagree with you. I'll go with the Steelers. I think they're right now a little bit uh, more dangerous with that three-headed passing attack, Antonio Brown, Wiggins, and uh, the third uh, guy there, Ben Roethlisberger, and D'Angelo Williams hasn't missed a beat uh, with uh, 697 yards and six TDs on the season right now. So I would take them, but I would say I certainly wouldn't want to face the uh, – the uh, Kansas City Chiefs right now, I think they are hot as well. You know, here's you know, the problem, Darren, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to say this right out. I think what you're missing on that is you're, I would agree with you that the Steelers have a better offense. But I don't think if you put the Steelers defense up against the Kansas City defense that it even comes close person to person when Justin Houston, and I know Tom Ali has had some injuries, and so is Justin Houston. But when they're healthy, are you kidding me? You're really going to take that Steelers, no-name Steelers defense against the, the Kansas City defense? I don't think I would do that. Well, you know, that's uh, one of those things. Uh, you know, I, I guess they did end up beating the uh, Steelers 23-13 to earlier in the season. Uh, if I recall, that was a game with uh, where Ben Roethlisberger did uh, not play. But that was where they turned the uh, – the season around to one now, one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row, I believe. So uh, they're going on for a seventh win this week if they can against the Chargers. What about the Raiders? Here? We talked a little about them. Uh, you know, there's some injuries on that team, and uh, they've struggled here as of late. They, they've been on a little bit of a losing streak, but, uh, you know, those are against some tough teams, the Vikings, Steelers, uh, Lions, and Chiefs all have been in that losing uh, thing. They didn't win against the Titans. But uh, what do you think about the Raiders right now? What can you tell me? Well, you're right. I mean, their their defense is kind of struggling. Middle of the pack for a lot of things, but they are um, letting up a lot of points, near the bottom of the league for points. And that could be because of the interceptions from, from Carr. Um, but they need to tighten that defense. That's something they need to work on, especially after the departure of uh, the defensive lineman, Alden uh, Smith. So there's some injuries with Mack, and he's been rated one of the best defense players on the edge. That's another thing, and maybe an after-hours after talk if we decide to have an after-hours session, because uh, he was rated number one as the edge player. I've got a lot of problems with that. And the center Hudson is still out of practice. So there's a lot of problems there. Albeit they're moving in the right direction. So big game against Denver. That's, that's a problem too. They keep getting these teams that are, are doing well. So, I mean, the Raiders have a lot to deal with. What do we have with the Broncos speaking of? Speaking of the Broncos, what's going on there? And then we, let's talk about the games, Darren. Well, the Broncos cut uh, Christian Ponder, a quarterback they brought in for a couple of weeks, and added Shiloh Key. What? To say, to Are you telling me that of, our future is gone? That is correct. That is correct. Ponder, who, who could have been the backup to Brock Osweiler next year, is now gone. Instead, Shiloh I Kilo, thought that which, was our future quarterback. I thought that was our future quarterback. Every, the franchise was on him. You know, he'll be back next year. In the meantime, Shiloh Kilo was picked up off of Twitter. <laughs> he reached out to uh, he reached out to uh, 
Yes, he did. To Wade Phillips on Twitter and was able to uh, to get a little bit of a uh, uh, a job there. So great, uh, great for him. You know, 17 of the 53 starters or 53 man roster there uh, today. 17 of them were injured and uh, and uh, missing or, or hurt uh, on the injury list today. Uh, Hillman and Anderson both sidelined for practice. They brought in Kehoe though because there's some injury to the Denver defense. Yeah, I mean, obviously Denver is really struggling. It looks like um... well, it looks like we're losing Daryl there again, I... and uh, we'll hold off until he comes. Hello. Back. Hopefully, we'll get. Hopefully, we'll get Daryl back here soon. Are you there, Daryl? Can. Still looking for Daryl there. He's cutting in now from his remote uh, that he's on today. Uh, in the meantime, you know, I think he was saying that there were some injuries, and so part of those issues with Bruden, Bolden, and also uh, T.J. Ward all injured, uh, they brought in Kehoe to help out with that. Along with that, uh, you know, they do have the injuries to the line. Uh, Sylvester Williams has been slowed with injury as, along with DeMarcus Ware. And, uh, Daryl, are you there now? We still don't have him. So, looking at the injuries, you know, definitely some, uh, some areas of concern. A good week to be playing the, uh, to be playing the Oakland Raiders. But uh, I really am not too certain about, uh, about what is going to happen with uh, some of these injuries after this Oakland Raiders game. So it is a good game for them to start getting healthy, and I think we have Daryl back now. Hello, can you hear me? We've got him back from the uh, remote out there. Okay. Uh, we were just well, I was I was going to just just yeah yeah I'll, I'll keep it real quick because I heard you talk about that and you did a good job, so I don't have a lot more to add. But Sylvester Williams, T.J. Ward. Uh, those are a couple of real problems on the defense. And then the offense, C.J. Anderson. And, uh, you know, actually the tight end, uh, we really want to get the tight end Davis in in the game and figure out what he can do and what he can't in this offense. So those are problems there. But you're right. Overall, it's it's still flowing. It's still working. And people are asking about Peyton Manning. Uh, He threw today. Uh, he didn't throw up, as far as I know, but he threw today, and it was in private. I don't see Peyton Manning coming back, at least till Cincinnati, or maybe not at all. And I don't think that's a bad thing. If you can keep the interceptions, I've not been shy about that. Stop throwing interceptions. Give your team a chance. Uh, so there's some things going on in Denver. We'll figure it out. But Von Miller has been playing like a beast. He was behind Khalil Mack. Earlier we talked about Khalil Mack. And in the edge in, in the edge game, Khalil Mack was rated better than him. I, I can't buy that. I don't think anybody would trade from. But the number one defensive uh, player that will be on the free agent market this, this year, Von Miller. So that's something to see. And what does Denver do with that? That's another conversation. We don't have enough time for that. Darren, 
I think we've been running this really short and ragged. We've had a lot going on. What do we want to talk about for the games coming up? Well, you know, it's pretty much a no-brainer. You just need to pick these games. It's going to be raining in Kansas City. Expect a healthy dose of run. San Diego doesn't have a running game. Melvin Gordon was benched again after a fumble, and then a, uh, another fumble that went out of bounds. Uh, Kansas City favored by 11-5. and five. San Diego uh, continue to lose with, uh, with this team that you have. You don't have the right uh, mix-up. You don't have the weapons to beat this Kansas City team. Kansas City by seven. Daryl? Man, I, 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 I could see seven. I, I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but my, my real question is what heart does San Diego have? And I can't answer that with this stadium and everything. I can't see a whole lot of heart, but I do know what the NFL holds is that people play for jobs. They want to get a job and they want to, they want to make a statement. So I think this being a divisional game will be a little closer. If if Kansas City blows them out, fine. They did what they should because they are the better team. I'll just say that up front. The bottom line is that I really think that Kansas City will win by four because I maybe it's I want to believe of the heart. I want to believe that San Diego will put together a game uh, and, and actually throw to Gates and throw to Ladarius uh, Green and try and make a difference. But we don't know. I would say that Kansas City wins, I'll say, by four. What about uh, Denver and Oakland? You know, this is uh, Brocky four now, and I think you can expect it to go pretty much the way the uh, the sequel did in Rocky. And this uh, Denver Bronco defense will, or offense will not throw two interceptions like they did last time they met. They are at home. Jack Del Rio's coming back. Welcome to uh, Mile High. Uh, Denver is going to win this game by seven. And, uh, you know, I I don't expect much from this uh, Oakland Raider uh, offense. I think that the defense of Denver is really starting to hit their stride. So watch for a big game for the Denver defense. Well, I'm going to say it's going to be a little tougher than what some people think. I I do hope Brock can keep his maturation going. That's that's going to be the interesting thing because after that comes Pittsburgh, and we'll talk about that next week. Nevertheless, this is going to be a a divisional game, tough. I see the Broncos coming through. I think that the Broncos will win this by uh, eight points. I could be wrong, but I do see the Broncos there. And, Darren, I think we're up against the bumper, so I'm going to say good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Cheers. And we will catch you next week, another AFC West show. Darren, good night. Good night. Follow us at AFC West Show on Twitter.